to the first episode of In the Can. I'm joined by Ticker and Dogmat, gents. Hi, Puss. Yeah, Been a while, jeez. You have lost a lot of hair. <laughs> Which Dog one Matt? of us are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> we both, in fairness, we both have. We mm, both have. Yeah. Buzz, you've yeah. gained an extra chin. Oh, yeah, all three. <laughs> I'm channeling Eddie Maguire. Uh, so, obviously, for those uh, who do know us, we had, uh, amongst many great successes, a midnight slash early morning radio show uh, or segment on uh, SEN with Dasher, Dar- Darren Park and, and uh, Scott Cooney, uh, neither of which are returning um, for wow. legal reasons. I don't know. There are reasons for that. <laughs> and um, uh, also, unfortunately, I'm pretty, Rosie I'm Underpants. Pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure they've gone on to bigger and better things. <laughs> That's not hard to do. Um, and uh, Rosie Underpants, unfortunately, uh, has also not been able to join us. So another blow for gender equality. We just lost at least 50% of the audience. Yeah. And we did try and get Dean Laidley as a fill-in, but he wasn't available. Um, <laughs> Too soon. He didn't go, sorry, sorry. We're better than that. Shouldn't have done that one. Um, now, uh, previously, we used to talk a lot about uh, footy, AFL, Dream Team in particular, but due to the current coronavirus and social distancing stuff, as we were talking about this, we thought instead we'd focus on something else, uh, which everyone's doing instead of Dream Team uh, and things of that nature, which is watching TV, streaming, binging, TV shows probably more than movies in particular. So in the Tommy Hafey uh, vernacular, your Netflixes, your Stans, your Foxtels, your Apple TVs, your Disney Pluses, etc. Um, so just a quick one before we, we get into it. just want to thank everyone who's supported us uh, as we've been letting everyone know in the last week that we're, we're back. In particular, a shout out to Scott Warwick. Um, uh, he oh has been posting some very humorous support messages. So thank you, Scott. <laughs> Keep them coming. Uh, Alex Espinosa, missing in action, like some form of jilted lover. Um, so Alex, uh, please come back. We miss you. Um, what about Dave Swizz? Uh, Dave Swizz. Dave Swizz. Oh, Dave Swizz. Oh, also very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, our first segment is a bit of around the grounds, what we've been watching this week with a best on ground format. Starting with you, Ticker, what have you been watching this week, mate? Yeah, look, okay, we'll get to um, what the main course will be when Dogmat takes us through uh, The Last Dance. And look, I will just say quickly on that, um, the little-known doco on the Footy Utopia (laughs) um, careers of of us three is, look, I've got to say there's some copyright issues with Jordan. It's in the Um, making. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and look, we got a we got three episodes in. Um, they started dealing with some of your addiction issues, Cosy, uh, Dogmat, and then it just sort of hit the rails. Um, <laughs> Literally, yeah. You were more of the Dennis Rodman of the group. Um, but uh, no, so I've been watching that. I've also watched um, a couple of new, uh, new-ish new shows uh, that came out, a couple of ones that dropped on Mother's Day. Um, and, you know, you've got to keep the missus happy. So we watched Working Mums, 
which is surprisingly uh, humorous. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a tough gig. Good to hear. I'm supportive. I've liked it. Yeah, look, the first episode in particular was actually very funny. Um, but look, as we'll sort of touch on as we go through, um, they, that does become a bit of a drama. Um, and I'm slowly moving on from it. Um, I've also been watching the second season of Afterlife, which, yeah, we'll get to a bit later as well. A little bit of a disappointment um, after the first season was an absolute cracker. But I'll touch on that as we uh, we get into some of our segments later on. Right. Uh, How about Matt, you, boys? What about you? Look, we've been watching a whole lot of uh, TV, uh, especially in the absence of um, sports. I keep looking up my sports apps to see what's the next sport on. But um, we've um, we've definitely um, had the last dance as a substitute for the missing sports, and we're going to go into all of that quite shortly. But um, I've, I, I'd started season one of Ozarks and, and, and didn't mind it. I, I did feel it was a bit of a, uh, a Breaking Bad sort of ripoff. Like a, yeah. So at that point, I was like, okay, it's not Breaking Bad. And everybody started talking about season three, which really forced my hand to, to watch season two and three. Look, I mean, I'm sure we're going to be using the term binge-worthy quite a bit through this podcast and it's very bingeable um, and especially towards the end of second season it really takes off and season three is a cracker so um, I think most sort of people that like this podcast will probably like Ozark so found that's been pretty good and you know in in the tradition of Family Guy and Simpsons and you know good animation funny sort of adult humor cartoons um, a lot of people will be aware of the show called Rick and Morty, which is just a super cartoon show. Um, very smart. Tinker, I know you like it. Yeah, is very high brow. Is that something oh. you watch with your, your children? Yeah, so just, my yeah. my 13-year-old son loves it. It's very, very funny. It's very intelligent. Yeah. Like, it's very high brow. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we love it. And a little bit like you with Ozark, I found it a bit slow to begin with, um, but the acting is terrific. Jason Bateman is awesome and Laura Linney is really, really good in that. Now, you are speaking about Ozark and not Rick and Morty, right? The oh, yeah, that, that. that was, that was, <laughs> no. that was Ozark. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, Ozark's has been good. But, yeah, just back on, on Rick and Morty, initially that was a bit rough, but it's just getting more and more polished as it goes. And the other thing that's good is if you keep watching it, it actually refers back to other stuff. So you actually get rewarded for keeping with it. It's actually a very clever show. So that's really good. And the one that you guys aren't aware I'm going to bring up is we all love Seinfeld. Mm. Seinfeld's latest stand-up act has oh, yeah. held up. Um, I'm always, yeah, I'm really scared to watch these stand-up acts of old heroes because you just don't want to, to sort of, you know, fall flat. And it held up really, really well. Um, the missus is not a big Seinfeld fan. But she sat through that and thought it was hilarious. So that's another one that I really like. Quick, um, quick side note on that, yeah. sorry, Buzz, is that yeah. my kids right at this minute, they're just working their way through every episode of Seinfeld. And yeah, it's it just that holds that whole series holds up unbelievably yeah, well. Totally agree. Uh, it's not on the run sheet for what it's worth, but you talked something earlier, or you mentioned something earlier, Dogmat, about something being binge worthy. 
when you've when uh, this is to both of you when you've been watching some of these shows particularly more more than we normally would in terms of the volume is there a thing is there an element that you've found that makes something binge worthy that you think is the is the key ingredient that drags you you know into it every single week compared to some other stuff well i'll just quick for me just really quickly is yeah it, if it's a comedy just yeah sticking to the genre which i think i think some of them get a bit tied up in oh we need to have a drama and there needs to be a relationship or there needs to be this if you just have the you know the laugh so say a brooklyn 99 that's always funny it's gone through i think they're up to season seven or eight or not something they're huge and they're always funny whereas yeah, some of them, like some of the ones we'll talk about a bit later, like they just become this sort of melodramatic thing and not so good. And same with Crime Doco is where they'll just give you a teaser and then 40 minutes of garbage and then another teaser. So it's really just having, I reckon sticking to the genre is probably the best way I'd describe whether a show is binge worthy or not. If you want to keep coming back to it because it keeps delivering on, on what it promised. How about you, Dog Matt? Well, look, I mean... The thing with these, these these shows are that you you get a new show on Netflix, it comes up nice and shiny and new, the big screen comes with mm. the new the hot new show that's now rated number one in Melbourne or whatever because it's got the rankings as well. Um, once you start looking at it, you go, geez, this is actually 10 episodes or 15 episodes. So if it's not binge-worthy, it's just a whole lot of investment of time to put in. So you're really looking for the one that allows you to sort of got to enjoy it as you go through. The other thing that we also tend to do is we, we also rate shows as the, the shows that we call the, um, uh, the ones that allow us to look at our phone and still watch the show at the same time. There's those light shows. Yeah. And I find they're a bit more binge-worthy too. Now, we might talk about Billions one day. Billions is one we haven't been able to start because it's so complicated. There's so much detail on what they're saying. At any time, the missus or I look at our phone and we're like, okay, do we have to rewind again? So yes. I think Binge Worthy has a bit of that lightness about it uh, unless you're foreheading into it first. So, yeah. yeah. I think for me, it's actually, you kind of touch on it there a little. Um, the one that, me, you know, if there's 10 episodes available and you can watch all of them, for me to, to push right through a series, it, it has to be really clear that the, the primary character or characters want to achieve something, right? It's really clear... From the outset, and so that's why I get stuck. So you like, so you like goal orientated. Uh, uh, well, that, that's an example, but it's, it's pretty, it's pretty clear what the premise is, and and so, that's where I get. So, so you you would, you would have hated hated the Jordan Doco then. You would have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there's a man who lacks ambition. <laughs> you know, just get some direction in life, would you? Um, but when when I watch, for example, like Mandalorian. I'm three or four episodes in trying to catch up. I've got no idea where that's heading. So that, that for me is kind of a bit of a bellwether. But anyway, my, my um, sort of three votes, uh, like everyone, Last Dance gets the three. But I've uh, finally caught up um, on Billions. Episode three is uh, the most recent one. And if you've... If you've oh, wait, wait. Episode, before, episode, th- episode three, three of season series three. five. So we're on series five. If oh, you wow. Watched. You're way ahead. Yeah, and um, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is uh, the main character, Chuck Rhodes, along with uh, Damien Lewis in the role of Bobby Axelrod. Um, So based in New York, for those who've never watched it before, billionaire versus a US attorney. 
Um, the main premise uh, of the show, twists and turns, enemies become friends, friends become enemies, all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> so, big stack uh, of papers. It, the, <laughs> papers the first two episodes of this series. A start were, and ending in the middle. <laughs> the first two episodes were heavy and boring. And finally, this third episode, for those who love billions, was a bit of a return to form. Um, and they, it's the, the father of Chuck Rhodes' character is kind of like the Ari Gold gets the good lines. Yeah. They, they really haven't rolled him out yet. Um, so so that, that got probably two votes for me. And uh, you mentioned it a bit ticker, I think, dead to me, um, is a sort of show that has um, probably lost its way a bit series. Mention one, series it. But I still enjoyed it. And Christina Applegate, you know, um, scene stealer, uh, has done it. You know, I got through two series over the... Um, the course of the last two weeks and um, yeah she's she's a fantastic comedic actress so worth it particularly if you're going to watch it with your uh, significant partner yeah look I I did that that one dropped sorry dead to me did drop I think it was Mother's Day as well they sort of dropped a bunch of sort of ones that you could watch with your partner and that one I just felt just fell a bit flat um, after the first season had a lot more comedy to it and then it became this sort of Demi crime story and yeah. like it's good, but just doesn't have the laughs of the first season. I found it relies on Applegate doing something completely crazy and in your face, mm. and so it's more you, you, the the number of gags per episode drops. Hey, yep, does it mean anything that I've seen season one of Dead to Me and don't remember it whatsoever? I have no. There's an irony in that. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sat there and oh, here's a new show we should start, and uh, the missus said, "Hey, we've watched season one." So, um, I ha- it, it was not memorable in any any particular way. So, I mean, that's all I've got to contribute to the dead to me uh, conversation. Buzz, I do want to say one thing though. We are on this podcast, hopefully, to you know help recommend stuff for people to listen to uh, and watch. Sorry. Um, and talking of billions, is that something that's, I mean, season one, does that start with a bang? I, I'm thinking of starting it. Is it something that's easy to watch for the listeners out there? Or is it something that, when does the, when does the book come where you go, right, I'm in here? Uh, I would say the second half of season one, you, it, okay. you've got to push through it, but it's, it's the, the production quality is really good. The acting's really good. And so you can see that there's possibly something coming. It, um, it, I'd liken it a little bit to the first series, I'm being cautious here, of House of Cards um, to a degree, yeah. but it, took, it takes a bit longer to really hook you in. Um, but last series, for example, series four was outstanding. There was a really good twist in the, in the format. Um, unfortunately, there's a risk that they're jumping the shark a bit this year, but um, I, th- I think based on, on episode three of the season, they're, they're resurrecting. Yep. Just re- just really quickly, um, I'll also ask um, Dogmat the same question for the audience as well. If you haven't seen Ozark, I got through, I reckon, seven episodes and I just found it really good acting, just found it incredibly slow yeah. as, a, yeah. as a show. Um, what's, yeah. it, it's, you, you say it's worth sticking with and gets yeah. better. And-, and, and, and it's funny because sometimes you watch a show and they've got to build the characters. So it takes a bit of time and it's a bit slow. Now, if it's a show worth sticking and if you've got some faith in the direction where it's going and push for it, once you're up to speed with the characters and especially they've got some depth to them and they push forward the action, it's really rewarding the fact that you've stuck through. But sometimes you stick through 
you know, the minutiae to get nowhere and, and really go nowhere. Ozark, I think there's enough in Ozark season one to keep you going. It starts with a bang in the first episode, actually, mm-hmm. and there's a bit to go. Season two had a bit of that dry spell where they sort of, you know, it was a slow build. But um, let me tell you, season three is just uh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's, uh, it's action all the way through. Okay. Um, they had a few new characters in as well that, yeah, really hit the mark. Yeah, agree. Excellent. So uh, thank, thanks for that, uh, Jens. We're going to move to our next segment, which is a focus on our uh, favourite show of the week. And the segment has got the jazzy title of So Hot Right Now. That's named uh, after your your Matt. character from your character from Zoolander. Was is that right? I, can, I can't even think of how to do the voice for that. Anyway, Dog Matt, you're going to take us through Last Dance. Cancel. So hot right now. Cancel. Yeah, so last dance. Let's give a bit of a summary first for all those out there, because it's uh, the very little, very little known uh, documentary out there at the moment. Um, the last dance simply has been fueled by one of the the great sports debates of the modern era, um, Jordan versus LeBron. I mean, it sort of took flight as LeBron started winning some titles and all the talking heads started talking about it. And I think what happened was. Um, they basically had 10,000 hours of footage of the 1998 Chicago Bulls season, thinking it was, you know, a dynasty team, a team, spoiler alert, that had won close to winning its sixth championship. Um, and ESPN had the footage. NBA knew about it. Um, Chicago Bulls knew about it. But no one could actually get uh, Michael Jordan to OK it so they can actually do the documentary. Everyone had a stab at it, tried to pay the money, but he would not let them do it. You thought it maybe look make him look bad, um, you know, put a bad light on him. But after LeBron won his final, his last title, um, that day Jordan actually signed the release for the doco. So it really was fueled by the debate of Jordan versus LeBron. And uh, I guess really, what is the show trying to do? Uh, it's um, basically trying to give us a rundown of that last uh, season, because of behind the scenes, which. A lot of the new docos are doing these days with a lot of behind the scenes. Um, but it's also trying to, um, for the for the newbies, for the new generation that don't really know Michael Jordan or LeBron heads, um, just to give them a bit of a look inside of who was Michael Jordan, what were the Chicago Bulls, um, and also an inside look into the man. Um, now, I don't know about you guys, but lately all the modern docos seem to be going longer and longer. I mean, the old days, Watch an ESPN or a sports doc and it just be a one-hour episode. Um, I think the one that bucked the trend a bit was the OJ Simpson, which was quite a few episodes. Um, this one is 10, 10 episodes. Um, they initially, Netflix, um, released them two episodes a, a week. But um, 10 episodes have never gone so quick. You will never know you're watching 10 long episodes. The subject matter is really interesting. And, and moves pretty quickly. So it's not one of those, look, it's a very binge-worthy show. Tick, what yeah. do you think? No, look, uh, yeah, we've had good chats about it. And I think the way that they um, juxtapose, I just want to use that word, um, yeah. the 
the timelines from say when he was a rookie up until 98 was just a just genius it was a little bit hard i think for some people to follow but yeah the the weaving in of stories and like sort of culminating ultimately in a couple of um key players being um obviously jordan himself but scotty pippen um his his sort of battles with um management to get a contract after he was sort of underpaid for so many years and then steve kerr just that whole thing with his dad and like that yeah that those storylines that then tied into him sort of hitting that game winner i think it was in the um was that in 97, I think? That's right. 98, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's just um, it, like yeah. the way that they sort of weave the story together was just unbelievably well produced. But also Jordan, I think a little bit what you're saying before, like with OJ, it was really easy because he's a criminal and it was very easy for... There's a lot of subject matter there, yeah. Yeah, but with Jordan, he was just so unfiltered. Like he'd just look at the screen, he'd look at the the iPad, and he'd just go, he'd just go to town on whoever was talking, yeah, which you don't really right. get. Yeah, yeah, he's unfiltered in this, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, and you don't get you don't get that from some docos where you just it's almost like a infomercial for the guy, or he's trying to promote something, or it's very like um, sanitized. Yeah. Um, but I. I think Jordan's personality just didn't lend to that, which was to our benefit because we just got to see it all on, on um, you know, uh, come out into the open, I guess. Um, they, they walked the tightrope really well with the documentary because there's expert matters. There's people who have lived the years and saw the games. And look, he was a well-publicised sportsman. So, look, I knew all the Jordan highlights. I knew all the all the ticks in the moment. So they've got that 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 audience but they've also got this new audience that's never heard of him i tell you what it put a lot of female audience in as well a lot of the partners and the missuses they loved it because it's a great human story it does help that it's a good he's a good looking rooster too i mean i think my missus must have mentioned how good looking he was at least a thousand times an episode um but they seemed to just walk that tightrope really well and that was what they did they basically had this 98 season which is where all the footage lies but went back to set the scene for the 98 season, which I think they did really, really well. Um, but, you know... Um, there, there is a criticism. There, there's, they've almost whitewashed the partners of the, the various uh, players out of the... It's not they didn't exist. Um, uh, interesting. I don't know what, what, you, you know what you thought of that, but um, the point you just made as well about the... And I know that, Tika, when you and I have talked about this as well, that... The, the the going back in time and the movement um, between two or three different eras uh, for Jordan, what did you make of that? Did it work? Did you like it? Well, first of all, I think they, even though Carmen Electra is in it for all of two <laughs> minutes, I think they just Mate, could have had, this could have been 10 would... episodes of Carmen Electra. <laughs> she has aged very well. Yep. Look, that, that were two minutes well spent. Anyway, that was quality. <laughs> apparently, you'll know this better than me, dog, but apparently Jordan, one his one proviso is, no, there's no interview with my, because I think there's been an acrimonious split with his right. first wife. Uh, and these kids were barely in it. And, oh, that was uh, a to be token, honest, I, token bit yeah, right at the end. Yeah. I've got no issue with that. Um, and you I like mean, the time shift? Like yeah, I, I loved it personally. But I could see how people found it hard. Yeah. Look, 
I mean, I was one who every time they went back, I said, okay, this is the the Utah flu game, or this is. The, I knew all the moments, mm. so um, I was narrating for the misses. But like, I've had a lot of people who don't know the Jordan um, topic matter that well, and they found it really confusing. I mean, in that last episode, um, they played the Utah Jazz twice in the finals uh, in '97 and '98, and yep. they were jumping back and. Um, from one to the other and you if you didn't really know what was happening you could get caught up there and I know a lot of people come back to me saying we're just trying to figure out what season or what year we're watching Uh, but I guess you know to make the show move so well over 10 episodes um, that just kept it kept it interesting for mine now there are a couple really weird um, things though that that I learned from it that I didn't expect which I really enjoyed Firstly, I didn't realise that Scotty Pippen was the voice of Cleveland in The Family Guy. So that was, <laughs> was an interesting thing to learn. And also that he and Michael Jordan live in houses without furniture, um, except for <laughs> <laughs> It was um, uh, an eye-opener. But when you've got a lot of money, maybe furniture is something you don't need. Um, yeah. Anything else you thought you learnt that you didn't know about from that era? It was while you're there. What did you guys think of Pippen? Did you think he got a pretty good cut? No, or I thought think he got it. Edit was good. I, I read something where Horace Grant thought he got the rough end of the stick, and I agree with that. But Pippen, what did you guys think of Pippen's edit? Did you? No, think that's what I mean. The, yeah. No, no, the Pippen got he, his comment was watching it. He thought that Pippen was criticised okay. and Jordan wasn't. Okay, oh no! Nah. So I, I I felt and like I was a massive Pippen fan because he was, was unreal. He was like. As good as Jordan was, he couldn't have done it without Pippen. And obviously, they definitely couldn't have done it without Jordan. But um, Pippen did some weird stuff. Like, he pulled yeah. out on that game. And then he had the game where he had a migraine. And like he did weird stuff. But I think he actually, because he pulled through in the end, I actually think he got a pretty good run from the... Yeah, I think they the, gave um, him the redemption Doco. story at the end, didn't yeah. they, with the, the bad back. So, he's come out, I think, today and actually said that he's very unhappy with the way the documents actually um, portrayed him. So I was just wondering what you guys thought. I, I thought, I mean, I, I thought they just about got the balance right uh, for yeah. Pippen. Um, yeah. So, uh, and look, I think the whole time Pippen was just spewing he'd had a bad contract. I mean, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. He was getting paid woefully underpaid. So um, so that's that. Now, another the one for you, I, The thing I did uh, like about it, though, even though I thought Jordan got a good run, what was unmistakable throughout the whole thing is it's not a fluke that you can do what he did both in terms of playing and leading a team to six uh, titles, but being the guy and Pippen, I saw this in an an interview recently, you know, um, that you demand and you deliver on so many occasions. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is Jordan is, he's just, he'll go to the craziest nth degree to demand and deliver and not everyone is willing to give up family time like he's given up i mean and i think that's why he cried when he said that bit of yes. you know i didn't ask anyone to do anything because i think it just dawned to him on, on on him at that moment just how much he'd given up because um yeah I, I i'm not sure if that's i mean and we love jordan for it and, and and look another question i got for you guys too about jordan is he was unfiltered he got asked some of the tough questions i mean the dad gambling rumors the fact that they thought he'd been suspended from the NBA. Um, the one he probably got away with was the one with the flu game. There was a rumour that he'd actually been in the casino all night. And, that, and there were a few others as well. Um, so he did answer some of those tough questions. 
but you can't help but feel that Jordan's got his hands all over the edit here. It feels oh, yeah. like he's, he's actually guiding the story to where he wants. What do you think, Tick? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, he's... he's uh, you can even see it training. Like, he's just a massive control freak. And yeah. he... he it's, it's funny because a lot of him, his personality actually reminds me a lot of Lance Armstrong, the difference being that one of them didn't cheat. Mm. But, like, he, he's very similar. He'd berate his teammates. He got into a fist fight with... He punched Steve Kerr in the head. Mm. Um, you know, he... If let's say they didn't win, right? I mean, I think the story would be slightly different as to whether his leadership style was um, was you know conducive to to good play. As it turns out, he's just the perfect storm of amazing natural ability and an unbreakable confidence and work ethic, which is probably true of every elite athlete. Um, he he just happens to be. You know the the best in in that field, and he sort of yeah, I reckon he sort of got away with a few things. And Phil Jackson basically almost said it himself. Yeah. You know, so so if that's an AFL footballer, um, and let's and let's do the two eras because maybe this era that shit doesn't fly. If he's an yeah. AFL footballer of the nineties, is he? Yeah, is well, he? Pre- I, is he I, well, mate, that's that's that's, mate? that's Nathan. That's Nathan Buckley, but. It's okay. Nathan Buckley is not one of five. He's one of twenty-two, and you just can't do it. So I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying Buckley's the goat, right? But it's a similar. Like I have massive drive. Everyone needs to be as good as me. If not, I'm going to berate you. And he came to Collingwood, and Mick McGuan and Tony Shaw are like, "Mate, what are you talking about? Like, we that's just you can't be like that in a team environment." And I mean, now you look at Bucks, and as a perfect example, he's the complete opposite as a coach. Um, yeah. And yeah, I just don't reckon it flies with the current um, no, the leadership style these days. Has completely changed. I mean, can you can can you um, imagine what leading teams would have told <laughs> leading oh, teams yeah. would have told Jordan? Imagine his yeah. feedback; it would have just been diabolical. They actually, in an article recently, asked Lee Matthews and a couple other people what they thought the equivalent would be in the AFL, and Matthews said Carey is the the yeah. that jumps to mind. Interestingly, no one mentions Ablett. And, and the reason I mention that is such a contrast when you watch Jordan. And it explains to me why an Ablett has one great grand final and the other grand finals doesn't perform and he's got all these issues. His talent alone doesn't help drive you and those around you. And despite the criticisms about his behaviour, um, and yeah, it was prickly and, and plus... Um, but he wasn't just talented. The guy, even you saw it with his baseball focus, he, he worked, and he says it, no, no one worked harder than me. Did Ablett bring his team across with him? I don't think so. I think Kerry, Kerry, and I think Kerry yes. is an amazing compar- a comparison because what they both also have outside of their arrogance and self-belief, they've got a lot of charisma, and the charisma paints over a lot of the holes and... and you know, brings you across the line. So I, I think... also had I an amazing Perry, ethic. And that was well, yeah, yeah. That was, you know, well yeah. publicised at the time. I think the only difference with those two is Carey was a big party boy as well. Whereas uh, it doesn't, apart from the cigars, I don't think uh, um, Jordan had really any vices at all, apart from gambling. Apart from women gambling. <laughs> yeah. cigars, but like not, you know, to the same extent. I mean, the North boys would, 
get on it pretty hard and, yeah. and then train just as hard. I guess that's sort of like Carlton from the eighties and whatever, but um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, and I suppose actually I'll ask you a question. Um, Dog Matt is the debate was, was or the doco was sort of prefaced on the debate on the goat debate. That could be a, another podcast for us, but um, yeah. where do you, do you sit with it? Oh, uh, look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, and look, I'm a Jordan guy for, uh, through and through. He's he's won six times. He's got into six finals or six grand finals, as we, we call them, and won every time. Um, he he's he's he hasn't had many bad moments in his career. LeBron James has won three but lost five. Yeah. Um, but he's had but some he, lows. He, he had one against the Mavericks season, um, final season where he completely stunk it up. Um, he yep. also choked once when he was with the Cavs. So he's had a couple of real um, not-so-crash-hot seasons, which Jordan never really had. Um, and I just think, I've, look, LeBron might even be a better overall player, like passer, um, and shooting I mean, and all that. But I think when you look at how much um, Jordan was higher than his peers, so the gap between him and the second guy was so emphatic that there's 20, 30 Hall of Famers that just never won a title because of Jordan. But in LeBron's era, um, you know, Stephen, uh, Stephen Curry could still beat him. You know, there's still guys who had wins against him. So he wasn't that far above his peers. Um, look, for mine, I'd like, I think Jordan's the greatest athlete of all time. And I, I think the only two guys that stand that far above their peers would probably be Tiger Woods and maybe Muhammad Ali for the whole package, which is the charisma when he was like, it was firing up. They're the three best athletes, I think, of all time. And, and as no, for the conversation about whether, considering what Jackson then did at the Lakers, how much of it really is Jackson and the controlling of the managing of the egos and, and, and until the last year, his relationship maybe with, uh, with Jerry Cruz and the ability to put good role players around these two guns. Oh, they there's a lot to be said about Jackson. This documentary really does a great job at highlighting just, I mean, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a weird cat boys, like some of the, he was a bit out there, but um, I mean, that thing where he gave Rodman a little bit more rope, yeah. um, probably got the very best out of Rodman because Rodman in his last season was, he could, he could give you 20 rebounds or he could just get fouled out in two minutes. So, he, he was, he to, to me, like, I, I don't reckon it's a fair to say it's, you know, I'm not saying you're wrong, Buzz, but um, Rodman really made the difference when he joined them. Yeah, right. It was at 95, uh, 96 season. And um, because at that point they were getting beaten up and yeah, he made, he makes a huge difference to that team, which if you actually look at the scores, they're so low compared to yeah. current scoring. So de- obviously defense is key. Um, Tick. but yeah, you go. Tick, you're spot on. And like Rodman, I think what Rodman did is, I mean, he, he couldn't shoot to save himself, but what he did, he gave them, they always had five guys on the court that could defend. And I've heard some of the better basketballers saying when the Bulls went full court press on you, and basically what they do is Jordan would push you into Pippen, would push you into Rodman. And these three guys would just go at you. And they had Harper. They had um, quite a few players that they could throw at you. Um, mm. 
um, and defend pretty well. So, no, it was a great defensive team. Great doco. Hey, I've just got a question for you guys then. As far as a sporting doco, is this the best one of all time? I'll, I'll go. So, look, I put the Footy Utopia doco just slightly ahead <laughs> of the others. And, look, there, there was that deleted scene when Scotty was eating the, the chocolate pudding. Um, and you but, drank look, custard. And I drank and custard. custard. But <laughs> apart from that, um, I've got my top three as actually the, I had the OJ one. I thought that was absolutely brilliant because yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. just about sport, but it was just, yeah, a really, really good doco. It was about race relations. It was about, you know, the whole um, justice system in America. It was in, an incredible doco. Um, had the Armstrong lie, which is the one on, on um, really Lance Armstrong's cheating and, you know, just basically bullying of his team and bullying of the sport to ignore the systematic doping. And then I had a third one as being one of the 30 for 30s. I actually had a tie between You Don't Know Bo, which I reckon is a brilliant yeah. doco. We, we both yes. love that one. Love dog. that one. And I had Hillsborough, which is about the um, the crush yeah. and the, um, I think it was over 100 deaths or thereabouts. Yeah, um, it was against um, Sheffield Wednesday. And yeah, it was, yeah. It basically the- changed change soccer for yeah basically change soccer in england uh forever you're right strongly recommend that that's like a tearjerker it's horrific like it's the most horrific way to to die you know a, a crushing the stands basically you know they're, they're just heaving into the fence and it was yeah that, that's a really yeah, it, really it, good doctor. even the way even the way they showed how it all happened and they were like yep. well we had this view from this gate and it just showed it's slowly getting worse and worse, like that, yep. that build up until it happened. It was really well shot, really well made. Agree with you on that. Uh, Buzz? Um, it's probably a toss up between Happy Gilmore and uh, Caddyshack. <laughs> not, not too cool. Uh, you realise they're not documents. The, the not so well known uh, Simon Crochet story. Apparently, so just really quickly, apparently Jordan got his number from Simon Crawshaw. <laughs> <laughs> the ceremony was amazing. Um, uh, so on a final wash-up, uh, out of 10? I'm going to give it just a 10. Before, yeah, I, I, it's a 10. I just want to, I'm going to recommend only one other film because I think Adoko, um Tick said plenty. Uh, when We Were Kings, oh, yes, um, yeah, which is about Muhammad Ali, right. um, it's just an amazing documentary. And I think what it does, which this docu- documentary really does as well, is if, if you're a young guy, a young lad or a young girl who didn't really know who Michael Jordan was, you would watch this and really get the essence of who the guy is. You know, I get it. I get why Uncle Dog Matt is uh, raving on about Jordan. I think Muhammad, the, the, when we were kings, had the same thing for us with Muhammad Ali. Because mm. when, when, when we were young, he was just a guy who'd been beaten up and really, you know, was, was a has-been. I, I couldn't understand why he was so revered. But watching that documentary and just seeing mm. how he beat uh, George Foreman, you, you finally go, yeah, I get it. So it, I think that's one really, of my favourite ones. It's got some, like, parallels, actually, with that game yeah. six where Jordan's like, oh, geez, like... Pippen's gone off. I'm going to have to just almost play rope-a-dope, control the score. Yeah. yeah. 
And it was actually incredible the way they he did that. And he sits on the bench and doesn't move, and he's conserving his energy. A bit, little bit like the the strategy that um, it just shows the intellect of a guy like him and Muhammad Ali are just similarly wired, I guess. Yeah, that, that's that's really well said, T, because that's pretty much it's exactly what happened at the end. Yeah, it's a very game six, and the George Foreman fight I really like. That's yeah, good cop. I'd, I'd probably see something close to a ten, if not a ten. All yeah, right. I'd, uh, I'd thanks, say ten. We'll as move well. on to our next segment, which is uh, something of a contrast. Uh, it's called Jump the Shark. So, uh, okay. we'll be looking at uh, some shows that are not so highly rated. Uh, we might start with you, Rika. <laughs> What's been your Okay. Okay, well, look, I, I sort of prefaced this a bit earlier when you mentioned um, Dead to Me. And look, I've got to say that the second season just stunk it up. Um, for me, it, um, I think, you know, unlike you, I found Christina Applegate and the other character, I can't remember her name, Judy or something, quite entertaining in the first season um, and funny and they had good banter and, um and yeah the second season has just yeah fallen flat um and just hasn't really got that um that uh to the point where i probably won't keep watching i'm up to episode five i think so i gave it a really good show the second time the second season but yeah just hasn't uh unfortunately just didn't deliver on the promise that the second season um the first season gave us um and i'll just sort of compare that just to quickly one other show which um is actually i think it was on amazon prime um show called fleabag i don't know if you guys saw that that was right that was was really really funny and they got to the end of the first season and then the main actress i think said because they actually i think they did it as a stand it was originally a stand-up standalone um yeah, and they just said, look, we'll do the second season and then I'm out. Don't make me do any more seasons because it's just a very unique um, genre where she it's a lot of fourth person, like looking at the breaking the fourth wall, looking straight at screen and wow. interacting with the audience and just a lot of like really funny stuff. And then she just said, look, I'm not doing any more seasons because it just won't be funny. I'll be um, just beyond... Um, my limits when I if I, we have to write new material like and yeah I think that was the right decision I just think some shows just get carried and, away and the, and and the best bit about that bit there um, tick is that she actually ended up making season two she did she did yeah yeah I think so I think they ended up doing season two she did it and it was okay but yeah no, it was nothing like no 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 no. Season two won all the awards. It's gone up a notch, tick. Uh, yeah, I watched it. It was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It won what I'm a saying lot is of she, awards. she said, I'm not doing anything after that. After season two, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. like one of your mid-season yeah. retirements, Dogmat. No, it's Fleabag is an amazing show. It's a bit of a creeper too. You kind of... It's a bit crass early, but it's actually a great show. It's yeah. really, really, really funny, good. and, oh and the girls, the girls like sneaky, sneaky hot as well. Just FYI, 
Dogmat, what was your stinker for the week? Which one do you think, uh, even uh, ideally one that looked good and then jumped the shark and went the, the other direction? Or just I, um, I, I, I don't have, yeah, I, I can't stick with a show too long if it's uh, not on the right strings. But occasionally I do come downstairs and catch out the missus sneakily watching a show behind my back because she knows I won't be too happy with it. Um, this might be a little, it might have aged a bit now because it's been a few months out there. That love is blind. Oh, have you guys? Oh, oh mate, that was garbage. Oh. That was absolute uh, garbage. Bruce, are you aware of love no, is blind? I, no, I saw the ad and thought it's not for me. Yeah, so I, um, you know, a lot that of. Was uh, the, folk... I think, I think that was the number one show for for like a couple of weeks in the start of lockdown. On. Everyone was like, oh, we, The Bachelor's not on and we're no, going to have to watch it. I can't stream anything that feels reality TV. So for those who don't know that are out there, Love is Blind is a concept of, it's not like perfect match without Dexter, isn't it? Uh, it's basically... <laughs> basically, <laughs> right? The of the show. Yeah. Well, I just compatibility score was for those people that were talking to each other. <laughs> Through a wall and... If they like each other, they get married without actually seeing each other and it just, you know, it all goes from there afterwards. Um, but I, I think there must be an algorithm there, a logarithm, or I can't even know which other two it is. A rhombus. <laughs> uh, it's like one of these shows come out every two weeks. So I think there's one now doing the rounds called Too Hot for Handle. Too yeah, hot yeah I've seen that. So, oh, I can do a quick review on that. That is pure garbage, but it's it's actually binge worthy. So you can have seven screens in front of you and still keep up with the story. There's actually a great line by um I think it's Ronnie Ronnie Chang. You've ever seen Ronnie yeah, Chang? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, his stand up is really really good. The one on I think it's on Foxtel. Um, he's just talking about how we're trying to jam as many screens as we can between the TV and our face. We've got our Apple watch and then we've got our phone and then we've got our laptop and then we've got the screen. Now too hot to handle. You can follow the story with 18 (laughs) screens easily. Is there a bit of, is it Cinemax? Is there a bit of skin flick about it? Is it, is it too hot to handle? I think they buy deliberately. They get them bras that are like, Bikini okay. tops that are seven times too small. There's a lot of under boob. Um, okay, which, screening yeah. service dedicated to yep. this type of content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we move on. Uh, so, sorry to miss. Sorry no, to miss the skin. <laughs> the only one I'll mention, uh, which some people have shown interest in, Hollywood. Uh, I think I got through about ten minutes. That is some of the worst direction and acting I've seen in a long time. Uh, that was Hollywood. I've seen some of that stuff. What was that? Hollywood, you just yeah, Hollywood. cut out a little bit. Sorry, Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, was, now that, that's really got uh, the guy from a big bang in it, hasn't it? I don't know. I didn't get that far. <laughs> I saw about three characters, and uh, they lost me at hello. Um, the main guy. So, so oh, sorry. Yeah, was there something else there, Dogman? That's a no from you, Buzz. For yeah, Hollywood. That's a. That's <laughs> one one tuck <laughs> and one, one no tuck. And I'm blaming Lupe. Um, so uh, that's in that segment, and our next one is "Don't Forget About Me." Hey, 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 hey. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Whoa, 
this is our chance to just mention uh, an oldie but a goodie that um, is probably worth a look if you're uh, if you're struggling for some of the content that's fresh and you, you've seen it all, you don't, you're not interested. Um, I think Tigger will start with you again. Okay. Yes. So one of the big, I think summer, um, I think it was in around January, maybe even December, um, released on Netflix was Don't Fuck With Cats, which is a crime doco. And it's brilliant. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, the, the content is a little bit hard to take to begin with. Uh, it shows actually some graphic actual footage of some crimes being committed. Um, and yeah, just um, has a really, really interesting take on the use of the internet. And um, unlike some of the crime docos that are out um, at the moment, which um, I haven't loved, a uh, making a murderer was probably the high point of crime docos and then it um, got um, sort of a bit of a uh, follow on from some other crime docos. They became a bit uh, formulaic with yeah. say two minutes of, uh, of interesting stuff, 45 minutes of complete crap. And then they try and hook you into the next episode. This was nonstop four episodes, I think maybe five and it was four. It was, and it was pushing yeah, forward. It pushed the story along all the time. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just had this really interesting take at the end, which was, it sort of really got you thinking quite hard about the, the meaning of it all. It's not a traditional crime um, show like the others. It's funny because I thought about that when I was, because I recommended that to everybody as well when it first came out. Um, it's a tough recommendation because anyone who starts watching the first 10 minutes of it is thinking, why has Ange got me watching? Oh, sorry, why has Dog Matt got me watching this show? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it is, the first 10 minutes is very graphic, very disturbing. Hard to watch, but really not what the show's about. So once you get past that, it's actually a, it's an amazing show. Yep. Dog Matt, what's yeah. your oldie but a goodie that's worth checking out? Look, um, the one I'm going to call is um, I've gone back and watched a bit of the hip hop. Now, for those who like a bit of music and you know, liked a bit of rap and hip hop in their time, there's a really good uh, docu, docu series called Hip Hop. Uh, evolution, um, which is really just really well set. So um, there's all these cool new docos at the moment. I think there's one with the Beastie Boys and a few other bits and pieces. But if you like NWA, if you like um, Run DMC, if you like Biggie, Tupac, all those Jay-Z, they're all in there. And the stories aren't quite compelling. Eminem, how he became right. so famous. It's it just goes, yeah. from, it's it just goes from city to city. And mate, you just sit there with your Shazam, going, "What was that track? I got to add yeah. it." It's and, and really it's, good. And it's a it's a guy who starts and goes, "Well, how did hip hop start around?" So we'll go to one guy and say, "Well, that's a great song you you, you had." And he said, "Well, I I pinched it off this guy." So then you'll go to the the other guy. So it just keeps on going from artist to artist, and it's a great storytelling device. Really love it. So I've gone back to the baby face. <laughs> Does he get a mention? But, yeah, uh, that's surprising. Uh, but it's a great show. So if uh, any music enthusiasts, hip hop evolution. Gotcha. So we we got I think at the moment, Paul's just on that. They're at I think they're actually at season four or three now. And the first one's absolute quality. Netflix. And the second one's so yeah, Netflix. Yep. 
Um, and yeah, like it does, the content does thin out just a little bit in the third, by the third season, but it's got like really good stuff on sampling and DJs yeah. and producers and just the different elements that go into it. And just for an example, I just did a episode on, um, Timber, Timberland. And it was like, he, he was best mates with Missy Elliott. And it's like, they did this thing where it was him and the Neptunes basically had like 80% of the songs in the chart or something at one particular yeah, point of time. It's Pharrell Williams. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yep. he, he, yeah that, that was a, that was a really good show as well. But no, it's, um, look, go through it. It's actually great. Turn on the bass, pump up the volume and it's, it's actually a great viewing. Uh, well, my is Ballers, uh, Entourage Light is what I'd call it. Um, solid, good ensemble uh, cast. The Rock um, is surprisingly good. Um, uh, this is Ballers. Like rock, yeah. Ballers. Ballers. Yeah. Yep. yep. Ballers. Ballers. Uh, so what what the, streaming service is that on, Buzz? Foxtel. Yep. So uh, if you go to Foxtel streaming, you'll be able to get it. Um, it is a bit like Entourage. If, I'm not sure you'd be watching it with your partner. It's quite misogynistic. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's, um, there's plenty of skinfold tests in there. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, uh, it is a, it's a solid show, 30 minutes, so pretty easy to get through. It's complete now. I think four or five seasons, can't remember how many. Uh, but that is certainly one that um, if you miss Entourage and you've seen it and you don't want to watch that again but you want that vibe, uh, that is worth a look. Now that's that's the show that's loosely based on Ricky Nixon's life story, right? The uh, <laughs> <player> manager <laughs> with a slightly more positive ending, so that's always and good. and and so just to round it out, he does make an appearance in the Footy Utopia doco because remember that time we saw him, at, we saw him at Derby Day. We actually have photographic evidence, and he was chewing his face off at. A certain time of the morning that well, probably he had walked through a bucket of honey. Um, so uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, I think uh, everyone, we've got a uh, well. That's the end of that segment. We've got a celebrity caller. Uh, just, oh just dear God! Just patching them through. <laughs> President, you're doing a great job. This is a great show. It's a great show. I love it. I'm doing a great job. And uh, did you know the podcast industry is a six billion dollar industry? Even in China, even in China, it's huge. Anyway, I've called. I want to ask you, what should I be watching this week? Please tell me. Well, I'll I tell you what. Netflix has a show on pandemic going. Yeah, I'd watch a show about your life um, called Trump, the American Lie, or something. What's that one called, Dog? You you keep doing you keep putting filler, and I'll find it for you. Yeah, I think it's called Trump and American American Dream, Dream. or oh the the American Dream. Yeah, American Dream. That is unreal, and actually. Exposes yeah. your um, rotten underbelly, which is full of just holes, and you got bailed out by your dad. And yeah, it's it's actually awesome. Really, really good doco. And that's before any of this other stuff has happened. Um, and yeah, he's just shown to be a real fraudster um, with um, very little substance. And 
Um, As just opposed to the man we've bully. come to love today. Yeah, exactly. So that's a good one to watch. But um, job, Matt. just that's not out this week. That's that's like very old. But in terms of this week, I don't know what's um, what's coming out this week, Dogman. Well, Run is on Foxtel. It's been on for a couple of weeks. That's one I uh, I personally wouldn't mind catching up with. It's been getting some good reviews. I'll uh, try and review it when we next catch up. Dogman. Um. I'll, I'll go one. It's, it's on Prime. Look, given we've got a bit of a sports audience and an Australian one um, in majority, um, Prime, and I, I sort of got over the cricket the last five, six years. I haven't really been keeping up to date with everything that's been happening in the cricket, but um, it was recommended to me. Um, the Test, which is on Prime or Amazon. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, that's getting basically great follows, yeah. follows the Australian cricket team from the very start of when Langer took over. So you get to see him at the very dark depths and get to see um, Smith and uh, Warner get caught cheating. Um, and it's and, and it's very inner sanctum. It's really, it's like being a fly on the wall. And you get to see the whole evolution of that cricket side um, through all, all they go through until the very end where they win the Ashes, spoiler alert, last year. Um, and it is a great show. Um, and look, I think at some point I would love us, the three of us, to maybe dissect that like we just did with The Last Dance because it's got a lot of great um, content in there to, to discuss, but high recommendation. Um, and just for those you um, probably don't have Prime or Amazon, you can get a free subscription for a month. Um, yep. So you can just subscribe, and it's got a lot of sports stuff. Um, a lot of sports tacos, so that's what I got it for. And then you can choose to shut off after a month or you can pay the six bucks a month to continue with it. But for a month, just as a, you know, an absolute sports binge, it's a great um, way to do it. A good life yeah. tip as well. That was good. Thanks, Dogman. You had another one to yeah. go? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. So on Netflix, um, a new season of Shits Creek. Um, I don't know if you got guys have seen that's a really funny show. Um, so I'll catch up with that. And then there's um, a show about psychedelics, um, which is on Netflix as well, which has just come out in the last week. Um, and just onto Amazon Prime that that Dog was just talking about. Um, a bit of a creeper that we watched over summer was um, Sex Education. That was um, quite a funny um, show. I'd, probably review that next week it's a little it's bit older on, but it's it's also on stan or netflix i can't remember which one but i yeah. moved it across yeah right. yep um yeah so, so that's what i'll catch up with so you started home school in the middle early did you absolutely well i do have a um, pre-pubescent uh, son who needs to <laughs> learn everything so we watch a bit of that there's a lot of um Anyway, let's not go into it. There's a lot of a lot of action going on. What what is it? What's what's the the premise? Of the the premise. So it's yeah. actually Gillian Anderson is um she's a sex therapist. Okay. Um, okay. And yeah, her her son is would probably be her worst um customer if if she had a worst client because he's got all manner of repressed issues. Think of a young kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and anyway, it's basically just their character arc is, um, her getting over her, the, um, 
her ex-partner, which is his dad and him getting over his inability to um, satisfy himself basically. Um, and yeah, it's actually a really, really funny show. Um, little, a little bit like the, uh, the other ones though. It, it does trail off a bit in the second season. Um, but yeah, worth a look and I'll review it next week. All right, gents. Uh, that is all we had uh, on the run sheet. Anything you want, anyone can wants I, to add before we close? Yeah, can I just suggest if we put, we'll put this up on various wherever. If anyone has got any recommendations, we oh, have clearly way too much time on our hands if we're doing this. Um, so we'll take recommendations, have a look at them, review them. If you want us to talk about anything else, um, what you're doing in ISO, um, yeah, happy to take any recommendations. Yep. Anything else yeah, you this was, Yeah, this was clearly a tool to help us um, with the ISO and the quarantine blues. Um, and we thought, you know, watch, because I mean, it's the question we always ask each other when we catch up. Hey, what are you watching on TV? especially when you're sitting there in front of the TV, just spending more time flicking the uh, remote control than actually watching something. But if there's anything else that we can speak about and, and go on uh, tangents, uh, love the content, boys. So um, feel free everyone to write in and let us know what you think. Yeah, if you just want life advice, send, send some questions. <laughs> in, in the wrong direction. Uh, thanks very much. <laughs> uh, that, that was, I'm not sure... Uh, how to put it other than to say it was an episode. It was a podcast. And uh, Tico, I might let you hand over for the final little bit. It's, it's in the can. In the can. In the can. <laughs>